Welcome to Manager Tools. Meeting Leadership, Six Rules, Part 3. This cast answers these questions. How is leading a meeting different from managing? How do executives behave in meetings? What do leaders focus on in meetings? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. How do you make sure a new hire is productive? Some research shows that 30% of people have left a job within 90 days of starting. The solution to both problems is effective onboarding. A new hire who is productive, doing interesting, valuable work, learning new things and building relationships is much less likely to leave early. But what does a manager do to effectively onboard? Mark is signing copies of his new book, The Effective Hiring Manager, which will walk you through the whole process in true manager tools, step-by-step fashion. Don't hire without it. Go to the website and type hashtag hiring in the search box. That whole FedEx thing brings up, I think, our next point, or leads cleanly to our next point, which is speak last. And the idea that if the boss says something, people glom onto it immediately, and then they shut up and they don't share their ideas because they assume that what you've said is what we're going to do. Um, and so speaking last can improve the the uh, the energy in the room and the the good ideas that come from people participating. Yeah. Um, look, leaders know that if you're going to add value in meetings, don't add too much and don't add it too soon. Then the way to achieve both of those things behaviorally is to speak last on any topic that comes up. And there are basically two ways to make this happen more often. One of the simplest ones, I don't know why more people don't have this, is one of the ground rules is manager talks last. You know, that way your directs, when you pipe up with something early on in a discussion, they can say, hey, hey boss, we're talking about it, right? And if you don't realize it, you'll be helping your directs get better as professionals if they learn how to interact professionally and politely, as our friend Michael Swinson taught me once, learn how to disagree agreeably. Um, and, and that mixing up of ideas, that sharing of ideas, that not really brainstorming, more like discussion, uh, can you do it in a way that's respectful and contentious at the same time? It's actually not hard if you care about the people and you know the behaviors to engage in. You can't say, Bob, you ignorant fool. I can't believe you think that will work. And you'll learn more about that by waiting and not skewing the discussion. Uh, but, but if you do that, if you make it a ground rule, that way when your directs, when you talk, your directs can say, wait, you violated a ground rule. Let us finish having our discussion. Right. Well, I like I like the other flip side of that coin, which is if I set that ground rule, then it becomes very clear to my directs that I expect them to talk. Yes. As opposed to wait for me to say something so they don't have to contribute. It's like, no, no, you have to. Several years ago, I counseled, coached a manager who said to me, I've got somebody, you know, I, I try real hard to let everybody else talk. I'm not a I'm not a really forceful high D boss, Mark. And he wasn't. And he said, uh, I've got a direct who just doesn't want to contribute. I said, well, I mean, I hate to be blunt, but you don't, she doesn't get paid to do what she wants. Part of the job is contributing. She plays a role out of the six people who work for you. Uh, you need to ask her to start contributing. Well, she won't. Okay, well, ding her 
uh, give her plenty of negative feedback, give her positive feedback for the stuff she does well, and give her negative feedback for the fact she's not a communicator. Luckily, as it turns out, he really wasn't doing well giving that feedback. But about a month or six weeks later, he wrote me and says, what do I do now? She says she wants to be a manager. I said, oh, she just handed you the ball game right there. You just tell her, look, I'm thrilled for your ambition. I want you to grow. And and uh, if you don't know it, going from individual contributor at company A to manager at company B is really almost impossible. So great. You've got a long history here. You've been doing well. There's ways we can make you better. But let's also be clear about something else. Your uh, penchant for not contributing is absolutely a disqualifying, never out of the starting block. You'll never, ever become a manager with that issue. And he he wrote me three or four or five months later, which is a pretty rare thing. Most people don't follow up when they, when they ask me for guidance and I give them information. He said, actually, she started to try, which okay. I was thrilled about. So there you go. Um, if the boss is going to talk, most directs say, why should I even contribute? If I assign to something that she doesn't want, my input probably won't move the needle. And I don't know how volatile, pleasant, relationship-oriented the boss is. There are bosses who say, hey, go ahead and tell me how you really feel and then punish you when they disagree when you disagree with them. So the second thing to do is pretty simple, is that's just learn to wait. Okay. What you'll be rewarded with, and by the way, guys, I'm a high D, high I. Um, as a friend of mine once said, your po- your profile ought to be called all go, no slow. Um, what you'll be rewarded with, though, is situations where you won't have to speak. Because if you can really bite your tongue, your attendees will come to the conclusion that you support in many cases, without you having to say anything at all. And again, you're getting to watch them come to that conclusion and who leads and who follows and who contributes and who just complains all the time and just disagrees. Well, that won't work because of this. Well, that won't work because of that. So the less you talk, the more bandwidth you get to evaluate how your people are doing, uh, which would seem to me a pretty rife opportunity to write down lots of positive and negative feedback situations. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, I really loved it when I read a book I've been recommending for years, uh, by Marshall Goldsmith, what got you here, won't get you there. Uh, and I, and I think the very first one, folks, if you don't know, it's a list of 10, actually, I think it's 20, the 20 biggest things that Marshall saw for managers, mid-level managers trying to get to the executive level. And basically what he said was the game you're playing at this level, you need to change your game. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Somebody who's read the book or has it on Kindle or on your shelf, write me and tell me I'm right or I'm wrong. I think the first one is adding too much value, Uh, which many people go, what is that? I I don't know that that's a character flaw or whatever. But those of us who have been there before know what it is. Uh, The manager who adds too much value wants to correct everything by making it more perfect. They talk too much in meetings. They think that their job is to be an individual contributor, meaning I'm going to do all the talking. I'm going to do all the creating. I'm going to be a micromanager uh, rather than letting people do their own stuff. Um, And my experience has been that people 
go to a meeting, do some stupid, simple cursory analysis, say meetings are all about talking. And the first thing you want to teach them is actually probably what you mean is meetings are about communication. And they go, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's why we're here to communicate with one another. Well, guess what? That means talking and listening. Little clue there for you. But you know in meetings that people aren't good listeners. And the reason you know that is nobody's taking notes. If you're a really good listener, you're taking notes. The the best example I have of listening is interviewing. Almost no one goes into an interview as an interviewer and assumes they will take no notes. But the classic example of people going into meetings, I mean, they may have something to take notes on, and I'm, of course, not talking about a laptop, but they don't take notes or they doodle, which is something different. Now, look, I'm not saying that there aren't times when communicating more about a particular topic isn't good, okay? Uh, And if you have somebody else facilitating, you can, in fact, communicate more. Delegating facilitation of your meeting is a great move, but if we then follow up by talking more because we're not facilitating, we've actually moved down the value chain because talking, talking about topics is a... Uh, is an individual contributor activity, uh, uh, observing and evaluating and developing your team, providing raw material to have discussions with your team about their development. That's the third order of magnitude thing. So we want to talk less after we delegate facilitation to somebody else. It's not not really all that hard. Just keep in mind, you want to spend more time watching and listening and taking notes at your own meeting. And that means talking less, talking later, talking last, and obviously not doing the facilitation. All right. Next one. Own the shoulders. Okay. You've got to explain that. I, I assume you don't mean the, I don't take all the title. burdens of the meeting upon your shoulders. That's yes, not what you're saying. All managers and leaders must have broad shoulders. Yes. Okay. Um, which, by the way, I got in trouble for saying once um, because it was, I don't know what the term was. It was disrespectful to people who didn't naturally have broad shoulders, which I thought I was speaking metaphorically, but I wasn't. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I think that I also probably use one of my favorite phrases there, which is your inference is not my implication. Um, owning the shoulders means working a meeting, not just during the meeting, but shortly before and after the meeting itself. As simple as that. In other words, show up early, stay late. Yeah. If you don't know, in the, in, um, if you're taking a vacation, the shoulder season, let's say you're going to Paris in the spring, the shoulder season is right before that high season starts and right after it finishes. And it's a travel agency thing. It may actually have existed before travel agents, but basically you end up getting not peak prices, but you have a good chance of having a peak experience. Uh, so. The shoulders of a meeting are the 5, 10, 15 minutes before and 5, 10, 15 minutes afterwards. So, yes, show up early, early, stay late when you can. And why are you there? You're going to have to talk to other people. You're not supposed to get, get out there. You're not supposed to walk into the meeting, find a seat on the wall or at the table, and then open your laptop and put something to your left and something to your right as if you built a moat in a castle for your work product with your beloved laptop. Uh, but yeah, um, 
you're going to want time to work on A, relationships, and B, if you're leveraging a relationship, content. But relationship is first because you can work on content anytime, but relationships are better improved with face-to-face time. Look, long-time listeners will remember our first-time cast, our first-ever cast, Solution to a Stalled Technical Career, where we talked about a professional ignoring this guidance, a friend of ours saying, yeah, I'm struggling in my career. And he would walk into every meeting and sit down and uh, not interact. And all the marketing people were at the other end of the table. Um, and he wasn't engaging with them. And he wondered why he wasn't getting ahead because he couldn't get respect for his quite considerable skills. Now, now look, we know guys that you may be in an organization that doesn't have agendas. And so things are sloppy and late and, um, you know, meetings are back to back to back and people are running around. And so in some cases, texting is more likely to be successful for you or phone calls in advance. Um, But don't confuse that as the highest form of relationship building. Always relationship building. We start with high quality, which is face to face and work backwards from there. Yeah, I had, I had a direct of mine who uh, I was in an organization where I had this problem where meetings were back to back. Just we won't go into it. Silly, probably something I could have done about it, frankly. But regardless, I didn't. But I had a direct of mine. Ed was his name. He was a pretty smart dude. What he would do is every time I had a meeting, he would come to my office if that's where I was or my other meeting, wherever that was. And he would walk with me to my next meeting. Dude. Right. <laughs> what what are we going to talk and, about? And well, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Ed got the stuff that Ed wanted. No kidding. It yeah. was, it. you know, I'm not an idiot. It only took me like one or two times. Like, I know what he's doing. It didn't matter. Matter of fact, it just, it became a joke with us. It really, it's like, okay, yeah. all right, Ed, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. But you applaud the guy. I bet you 90% of the people listening to this never thought of that as an opportunity. Oh God! Now, yeah. now Ed had to have a good enough relationship with you that he could do that. Sure. And so, therefore, guys, you should have a good relationship with your boss. Insofar as it's up to you, and if you don't, go find another boss. It was brilliant on his part, and I enjoyed. It. I liked Ed, so it was, we we had a lot of great great conversations. And frankly, I liked it because I'm running between meetings. Like it's not like I can text or do email or do anything yeah. like that. So I was pretty busy. The idea yeah. of talking to one of my one of my directs. In between meetings, pretty cool. Even better, I'm pretty sure you couldn't text because I don't think there was texting back then. <laughs> You're right. There there was paging, though. I could have paged Yes, people. exactly. You could have paged somebody. I don't know if you've heard, but Manager Tools will be visiting Detroit soon. September 24th and 25th, we'll be holding our first ever Manager Tools conferences in the Motor City. If you're interested in joining us for our Effective Manager or Effective Communicator conferences, this is the perfect time to register. Visit us today at manager-tools.com forward slash training to guarantee yourself a seat. We've got one more item and then we've got our bonus item. And that item is follow up for heaven's sake. I would argue that right now, and we need to do more podcasts on this with various techniques for following up, but I would argue that we could transform management today by simply waving a wand and having every manager follow up on every deliverable 
of every project that they have that's active. And by that, by following up is checking with the person who's supposed to have done something when they're supposed to have done it by or shortly before. Just that, just follow up. Uh, when I was a lieutenant, Mike, this was um, Colonel T. Uh, he said, Horse, the biggest difference between amateurs and professionals is that professionals follow up and amateurs don't. And he was actually making a distinction between like lieutenants are amateurs and captains and majors are professionals. And and to, to be clear, um, I learned the lesson. I was an amateur. I wasn't following up on things. I would say to people, hey, you need to get this to me next week. And then I wouldn't check. And then they didn't get it to me. And I thought everybody would be mad at the person who said he would do it and then didn't do it. But everybody was mad at me because I had said I would get it done. I relied on them, owning the inputs, of course, and it didn't. Um, I look back, I'm like, how stupid could you be? Well, of course, <laughs> you're really stupid before you're smart. Not as stupid as me. That's, that's yeah, the one no, thing you had yeah. going for you. Look, communications happen. communication happens during meetings, and frequently we make decisions during meetings, which is good. But what really matters is not the communication, not the decision, but the work. And work gets delivered between the meetings we're going to. It would be a real shame to work so hard to get what you want at a meeting and then waste it by not following up. And you might say, well, I, don't, I shouldn't have to follow up. People say they did or do that thing, so therefore they should do it. And I shouldn't have to follow up. Yeah, should will get you really far in the world. By the way, in case you're not getting it, that's sarcasm. Um, Follow-up starts with note-taking during your meeting. Okay? Um, don't expect the meeting facilitator or note-taker to capture everything. Who cares what they capture? You want to capture what you want to capture. Now, look, if you have a well-run team and this is your team staff meeting and you know people are going to capture all the deliverables and they're going to highlight them a certain way and they're going to get them out within 24 hours. Because by gosh, if it doesn't, if meeting notes don't come out with 24 hours, now that's a burden on the person who said he or she would do it and it's going to take a lot longer than you think. You need your own notes. I promise you, you need your own notes. Um, what are we taking notes on? Who is going to do what by when? which for those of you who don't know is a hall of fame cast we have called Horseman's Law of Project Management. Uh, one of the ways to encourage deliverables getting done is post-meeting shoulder interaction, okay? So you come out of the meeting, say, hey, Bob, just real clear, you agree to do so-and-so by Friday. Yeah, yep, yeah, got it, boss. And, you know, I, I don't know, people tell me all the time that they really need a system for this, but I don't, need the system for it other than saying, make a note on your calendar when who is going to do what is supposed to have it done by. And if you don't want to do that, which I don't find to be a terribly difficult thing to do, I don't understand. Say, oh, that's really hard. I'd have to keep track of everything, all these notes on my calendar. I don't, but anyway, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll make this real world manager tools rather than everybody's impression of fantasy tools. Uh, but look, make a note in some way that it goes on their one-on-one -on -one notes. So even if they owe you something Friday and your one-on-one's not till Tuesday, at least check that they did it by Tuesday in the next one-on-one. -on -one. And then the other thing you can do is take notes, handwritten, 
Uh, and yeah, as you get older, if you don't know this, guys, your note-taking will get worse and worse and worse, and so you may have to work harder at making them legible. But after you take your notes, and I will tell you my technique, if there is a deliverable, it is circled like a cloud. It's not straight. It's not a straight box like a rectangle. It's not a circle or an oval. It's actually a cloud, which is a circle with indentations or something. I don't know how to describe it other than that. I think most people, when they draw a cloud, would draw what I draw. And it has a person's name or initials and a date and what they're going to do. Probably in language only I understand. And if they don't understand it, they're going to have to text me and go, boss, what is this? But I take a picture of my notes and send it to people who owe me stuff. Yeah. If they see their initials in a cloud and they don't understand it, then yeah. they know. I'm calling, <laughs> yeah. I'm calling my boss because obviously I think he, he thinks I have a deliverable, which is all that matters right now. Yeah. And there are people who get frustrated with me because I've got two or three pictures that I've printed out that are in my one-on-one notebook. And I say, hey, let me go back over the last couple of weeks and see whether or not I have any deliverables you owe me that for some reason I hadn't gotten into my one-on-one. Dude, if I saw something that had my initials, if I could read the initials and knew it was me, I'd be calling because yeah. your handwriting is something else. I it's must not say. good. I must say, folks. <laughs> Fortunately for me, I... It works just fine for me. No, I will tell you, I've already said it on air once. I'll say it again. I've probably lost between 100 and 200 podcast ideas over the years because I wrote down an abbreviated shorthand note of what the podcast was, and I couldn't read it a week later. And you asked me one time, do you know what I said right here? I'm like, dude, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> there is no way. Fortunately, as if you don't know, folks, if you're a new listener, there are so many ideas we'll never run out. I have over 3,000 ideas already captured. And that's, if you can do the math, that's 60 years worth of podcasts. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I'm not going to finish all of them, having written all of them before we retire, Mike. I'm hoping that we figure out a way to be around to record all those casts. I'd be a very happy man. Yeah, no, we got to turn the company over to somebody else at some point. We can't be running this place when we're 80. Yeah, but I'd make that deal. If it means I can live another 60 years, I'd be I'd be all for that. Actually, no, I'd just be, yeah, we'd become board members and let somebody else run it. Cranky old men sitting yeah, on a board. No, not good. Not good. Succession planning, partner. Okay, last item. Bonus item, guys. Pre-wire and count your votes. I all already mentioned pre-wiring. If you really want to start playing the meeting game as a leader, as an expert, as a professional, high-level professional, you've got to master pre-wiring, which is one of our Hall of Fame casts. Okay. Whether you're presenting or not, leaders, every leader in your organization knows that politics matter. As I've said it before, you want an organization that doesn't have politics, die, because politics exist. In fact, I think we have a cast. I'm 99% sure we have a cast called Politics are just relationship effects in organizations. That's all it is. Uh, that's if you a want a politically apolitical organization, get rid of relationships. It's not going to happen. We're not Spock. We're not Data. We're not Sheldon. Talk about just here at a high level pre-war. Because, I mean, if we promised a bonus, the bonus can't be, oh, yeah, there's another podcast. Go listen to it. Because that's always true. So Yes. Okay. So um, pre-wiring means, let's say Mike's my boss, and I'm going to present to Mike and his peers, 
In other words, Mike's boss's staff meeting, my skip level boss's staff meeting, and I'm trying to get approval across the board from my boss, Mike, and his and her, his peers uh, about uh, an initiative, some budget I need, or whatever. If you've ever seen that happen and you were shocked at how good the presentation was and how everybody was on board and the person got approved and everything and you thought, wow, that guy's a great presenter, you're missing the point. It's not a great presentation. The votes were already in the bag before the meeting ever began because that person took his deck to every single person. I would go around to every single peer person, including Mike and including Mike's boss, if I could make that happen, and I would present the deck to them as if I were presenting it to the group. And I would say, what part of this can you get behind? What part is a problem? And so on. And I would be willing to give up 5, 10, 15% of my presentation and be satisfied with 60 or 70% of a loaf in order to get it passed. And then after I update it every single time, when I come back and show it to everybody, they're like, yeah, I'm good with this. I'm, I'm already on board. And in fact, they're already telling each other, yeah, I'm already on board. I heard that thing. I liked a lot of it. There were a couple of things I needed to tweak, and he tweaked it, and we're good. Wait, you trade That's stuff off? pre-wiring. Absolutely, I would trade stuff off. Politics is the art of the possible. Now, I know when, you, when I say that, particularly for those folks in the States, not that politics everywhere else is, is fairyland and sugarcane fields, but, but uh, politics is the art of the possible. It's the art of making compromises. You're never going to get a whole loaf. Even the CEO doesn't get a whole loaf. So, yeah, compromise. Yeah, if you can't take that, folks, you're... Yeah, bye-bye. You have a long, long, hard road in front of you. Yeah. So, yeah, if you try... So, I was going to call you unprincipled, but... Oh, I see. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Very Machiavellian of you. Um, okay. Um, and because politics matter you've got to know you don't walk into a meeting where either you're going to vote or somebody else is going to vote on an idea of yours and i don't mean vote in the pure sense like majority wins but you need to know where everybody stands on a given topic if you don't know that that tells you something about the strength of your relationship with the people that you're working with because i promise you at the higher levels there is at least one person at every meeting who knows which way everybody's going to vote in fact, when you watch popular drama today and there's uh, big meetings and organizations, one of the most dramatic things that happens is when everybody's certain where everybody's going to be and then somebody comes out on the other side of an issue and they wonder who got to him. It, they make it sound very dramatic, like somebody's going to die. And of course, on TV, sometimes people do. Um, but in real life, that doesn't happen. It just means relationships were not what you thought they were. And if you really wish that there was a world without relationships again go to the cemetery there is one um and look guys whether you're counting votes or whether you're pre-hiring um both of those things respond best to the person with strong relationships don't care whether you like people or not you're gonna have to build relationships okay mike let me summarize folks we all go to a lot of meetings the progression from individual contributor to manager, which we've covered for years now, to leader, which is what we're covering here and in some other casts we've mentioned, it really isn't that complex. It just takes different behaviors. And now you've got a bunch of them to start your own progression to where you need to be. 
which is leader. Cool, my friend. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Thanks, partner. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you all next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. 